Hello and welcome to the Universal Cinematic Universe, the podcast where oh, I'm the one saying this right now. Uh, uh, my opinions do not match the podcast if they do not agree with me, but I just have to say, really, this is the movie that you're going to that people on the internet are going to spend three years telling you is the worst movie ever and it's terrible and all that to the point where I shit you not two days ago oh someone up someone sent me this someone uploaded a 12 hour video telling you why The Last Jedi is the worst movie ever mm-hmm. it's like what we'll talk about it but I don't agree but yeah um I don't normally bring real world into these. However, I feel like I needed to mention this thing. In between the filming of Force Awakens and this movie, Carrie Fisher sadly passed away. Uh... Now, now, how much she had, how much she filmed, I'm not entirely sure. For all I'm, I don't know. I've heard stories that everything in that movie. A, that she's in in The Last Jedi, she's filmed that, that was already filmed. They didn't need her to come back whatsoever. I've also heard that some stuff had to be reworked at without having Carrie Fisher involved. So, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. The answer is Carrie Fisher managed to do all her scenes before, before again on that plane. I've heard that, but I've also heard that she didn't. Because was she no actually returning to a, a book signing? I think so. It I'm, was some... a book, I'm sure I read that it was a book signing um, in the plane to London, to LA. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I've heard the story that she filmed everything, but I've also heard that she didn't, and like they had to use... CGI for some scenes with her? I think the only scene they had to use CGI, I think either Carrie Fisher managed to do all her scenes, or I have been told Carrie Fisher did all her scenes apart from the ending when she sat down with Ray. That part was CGI, but that's all, but I'm, that's all a I know. Part, a part that made me think it might be CGI is when they is in the rebel base when she has the thing covering her mouth. Alf, mm. Alf, and you and you just see the eyes. That makes me think that might be CGI. That could be, be- yeah. Because um, the perfect example, the Josh Whedon cut of Justice League, where they CGI removed Henry Cavill's mustache and the mouth looks very off. Oh. Of- Mouths are surprisingly very hard to do in CGI. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But yeah, um, yeah, basically just wanted to say, yeah, she may, how much she filmed, I've had different stories of. I don't know who to really believe because official stories will say she filmed everything. But official stories also say that J.K. Rowling was very involved in the making of The Cursed Child, where if you know anything about that play, you know she wasn't. Hmm. And so 
I'm not a hundred percent on tr- on going with that. But anyway, eh, all this just means to say eh, that the first order. Uh, reigns, having decimated the peaceful republic, supreme leader uh, Samuel oh, now deploys his merciless legions to seize military control of the galaxy. Only General Lero Gana's band of resistant fighters stand against the rising tyranny, certain that the Jedi Master Luke Skywalker will return and restore a spark of hope to the fight. But the resistance has been exposed, and the First Order speeds towards the rebel base. The brave heroes mount a Desperate escape. Question. And except I, this isn't really a question. I know the answer. This movie takes place literally right after. Yep. I don't know. This opening... Because with all the other movies, the opening crawl kind of gives you a base outline of what's happened between these, these movies. Where, like, this one, this one's, I feel like like, this this movie wasn't meant to have an opening crawl. It was meant to go straight on, but it was like, oh shit, it's a Star Wars movie, it needs an opening crawl. Okay, um, just throw generic stuff in that we already know. Oh. Mm. Because, like, the, like, for example, the opening crawl in Revenge of the Sith they mention that Palpatine got stolen in and that like it bridges the gap. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of it is I don't know. It feels surprising. But um By the way, we you, basically... forgot to, you forgot to do the intros. Oh. Oh I see. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> on my left is Jamie, on my on my right is Ryan and I am James. Oh Normally, I would have a whole song and dance routine, but it, um, we slightly, but I screwed up. up. See, rule number one in screwing up. Never admit you screw up. Always act like you knew what you were doing. Yeah. Plus, this was... movie doesn't really give us much of a chance to do much singing and dancing. Yeah, actually, I could probably make, make the things... Um, don't bother, just move on. Burn the past. Past. There are no heroes in war. Something about that something about that medallion. And yeah. if I if I actually had more time, I probably could come up with better ones. But yeah. Yeah. So you, I probably could fit some in. Hell, I made some for bloody the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Ah, that is true. So yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I could make the. I'm pretty sure I can make intros for silent movies. Mm-hmm. Is come back when we review the all the Charlie Chaplin movies. But anyway, eh, so this movie basically takes place. Right after this, after the Force Awakens, like uh, the rebels, us are now running away from their base because, uh, yeah, the First Order a little bit pissed mm. that you know you blew up the station. It very much reminds me of um, it was a Nintendo sixty four game called I think it was like I Star Wars. 
I think it was Jedi Starfighter, I think, or something. It was an it was a Nintendo sixty four game, and it was like you played as like an a uh, Starfighter, and you did a lot of like missions in between, in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and like the first mission is escape Yavin Four because the Empire is coming after you. Mm. Oh, all right, that actually would be kind of interesting to play. It's a fun mission because, like, uh, all like all the rebels are going into like escape ships, and you, as an X-wing pilot, need to like guard the escape ships while X-wings are going after them. No, not X-wings, Tie Fighters. Nice. It's a it's a fun game. There's like two sequels. Does second one's just as good. Third one not as good. Hood. Except you do fly Obi-Wan Starfighter. Awesome! As in the Starfighter he left on Genosis in Attack of the Clones. Oh, wow. And this is in between... And this Actually, the third game actually takes place after Return of the Jedi. So, oh, wow, appara- so apparently that Starfighter just stayed in place the whole time. Oh, that makes sense. Eh, it working is something I'm surprised by. Aye, uh, well, maybe they managed to find a refueler, but we just don't get to see that. No, literal. No, literally, it's um, you crash on Geonosis, and then um, um, you do a bit where you run around for a bit, and then it's like, oh, Captain, you need to get back up there. The Empire has a Star Destroyer ready to attack us, and then he looks to his left, and the Starfighter's right there, and he's and he jumps in and flies it. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah, I I don't know. It kind of reminds me of Obi Wan stealing General Grievous's ship in Episode Three. Yeah, but if that ship had stayed in place for twenty two years, mm. that so maybe not as much. But yeah, um, yeah. So basically, the rebels are escaping, but the First Order is ready for them with their Star Destroyers and their. Very, very big fuck-off cannon gun. They are... Oh, no, they used real-life ship names for it. Yeah. It's not Cruiser. Fuck. What is it? It's not Cruiser. Is it? No. I don't know. I'll I'll remember the name for it, but I'm calling it Big Fuck-Off Guns. Okay. And and one pilot's getting ready to meet them, and it's Paul Dameron flying an X-wing, and he. There's a fun bit where, basically, it mimics um, it mimics us when we're recording a podcast, where he's on the communication with the uh, ginger lad, and he's giving this empowered speech about how he's going to destroy the Rebel Alliance and destroy it and tear it apart and bring true order to force. Uh, sorry, I, I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is pretty much every time we record, but <laughs> we go on a big rant and then one of you is like, oh, sorry, I didn't hear any of that. nothing more disheartening but um basically he's getting closer to the ship um a bunch of x-wing no tie fighters go behind him 
one shoot it takes out the gun thing and then we see bb8 go down and like mess around with some wires which made me think every time in a star fight like they're always like r2 can you fix this is this what is this what r2 is doing Aye. Yeah. I I I always wondered like what like what was it? Because all you hear from R2 is like beep beep beeps and like maybe tons the head. Alright, well, yeah, that's probably what he's doing. Yeah. And this is what and this is our first scene of what I like to call BB eight literally does everything. <laughs> like this like I I used like I used to get on R two for being essentially a MacGuffin device that can get you through any situation. Fucking hell, BB eight doesn't get you through the situation. It sets up the situation, deals with the situation, and then makes and then probably has a dry martini while you're probably messing around doing not important stuff. Mm. Like seriously, get five BB eight. Five BB-8s, and bam, you've conquered the universe. Yes, like, uh, yeah. Uh, but um, during this big space battle, they introduce bombers, essentially. Like, ships that have a ton of bombs attached to destroy the big cat, the big ship. Now, I have to ask... They're in space. I don't think that's how bombs work. Because hmm. it's very obvious these are designed from bomber planes we have on Earth. The slight difference is on Earth we have a thing called gravity. I I, I don't know. There pro there probably is an explanation. I I always I just found that weird. Hmm. And basically, yeah, they eventually do are able to destroy the ship, but the question is at what cost? Because uh, Leia, Leia keeps telling Paul, like, stop, oh, go back, that's an order. And Paul's like, nah, I'm going to do it, you know, be a hero. Oh, and. Um, uh, basically, they're able to destroy the ship, but they lose all their bombers and a ton of X-Wing pilots. And then Leia chews him out for it, and then uh, Paul's like, they were heroes, and then Leia just responds with, yeah, they're dead heroes now. Um, and this is and this is the first part of I like to call, oh, remove your pre pre-existing Opinion? I think that's what it is. Remove your pre-existing opinion of Star Wars. Because mm. this... We will talk about more in the other movie, but this movie feels very much like a Star Wars movie that deliberately tries to flip it on its side. Yeah. Like, this is... I, I would say out of all the Star Wars movie, this is the one that tries something different the most. Yeah. Like, like for example, um, if this fight happened in the original trilogy, oh, Paul would be deemed a hero and everyone would be cheering that the big ship was destroyed. Yeah. 
died. But no, it's like, no, there are consequences to your actions. And and he gets de- demoted. And, and then we see he um, looks, then we go to Luke's planet. It, I don't even think we've ever gotten a name for the planet, but we go to Luke's planet, and it's the scene of Ray handing Luke his lightsaber. The music and the orchestral score ramps up, giving you this epic feel of, this is good, this is right. And then it looks Skywalker just throws the lightsaber over his shoulder. Yep. I feel like this is I feel like this scene is the make or break for fans and when it comes to this movie. I think if you're willing to accept this, this is it will decide whether or not you enjoy this movie. Mm. Like like how you react to Luke like it's not even not accepting the call, taking the call and throwing it away. A like I think that is a real judge of how you will like this movie. I would have said more take the call and then just hang up. Yeah. Yeah, probably. A or I don't know. Uh but yeah, um, and Ray is like, yeah, what the hell? Are, what the hell's going on? Um, she tries to knock on the door, and Luke doesn't respond. And this is the first time we see Pogs. Pogs, the cutest wee things. I hate them. <laughs> That's because they're like flies. They're very annoying. They're very annoying, and they're literally... Okay, now, I know... Because I think I'm pretty sure I that's half the things I talked about when we reviewed A New Hope, that whenever we saw a new character, it was basically a reason to make a new toy. Yeah. These are the most blatant let's-make-toys I've ever seen. Mm. Like, I'm surprised they didn't... I'm surprised one of them didn't look at the camera and just go, hey kids, you can buy me at Target and Asda and Morrison's. Make sure to beg your parents to make you buy me. And remember, uh, if that doesn't work, steal your mom's credit card and buy us. Like, seriously, it's very blatant. Yeah. And, and uh, then... Luke is resting his Jedi robes, looking at them. And then the door busts down. You think it's Ray? Yeah, no, it's motherfucking Chewbacca. Uh-huh. Aka. And I kind of loved it. It uh, They have the whole talk, and it's like... Then Ray mentions that she came in the Falcon, and Luke is instantly like, what happened to Han? And then the camera cuts immediately to Kylo Ren. Yeah. I I always kind of like that. Uh, where it just answers the question. Mm. But um, we go... Uh, we find out that the rebel... No, that the First Order can track the ships. But during this, we also have 
of uh, Lord Lord Smithy, he talk to Kylo and basically go, ah, yes, yes. Um, See, you killing your dad was meant to be a big show of how you've done to the dark side, yet split your soul in half. Yeah, I I don't like that. Turn Mm. to properly turn to the dark side. Also, take off that mask. It makes you look terrible. Oh, like I'm halfway surprised he didn't slap him across the head and be like, "You're wearing that mask because you want to look like Vader." Mm-hmm. Vader, and in the elevator, um, um, Kylo fucking destroys that mask. Ask, which I'm going to say this, Kyle. We'll later get into this, but Kylo's whole character arc is he wants to burn the past, essentially. He wants to destroy all of it. It, I think even he kind of wants to destroy the First Order, but it's like First Order, the Rebels, the, the Republic, the Light Side, the Dark Side, Sith, Jedi. He wants to just burn all of that down to the ground. Yeah. I'm going to say this. I think this scene could have worked even better if it wasn't his helmet he destroyed. If it was Vader's. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was him burning the past. Yeah, definitely. All right. I mean, it's literally the past right Mm -hmm. in front of you. Yes. 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 But um, uh, then during... Mm -hmm. During the there's a big space battle or with the three rebel fleeing ships, it's good a good space battle, but Leia and the command sh- like the main dock bit. Uh, I know it's not the name, but I'm going to call it the command center. Essentially, mm. the command center gets shot, and all of them and all the people die and get spaced. And then Princess Leia uses the Force and drags herself back into the ship. Yeah, but it was Kylo Ren that was supposed to fire at it, but he hesitated when he knew that Leia was part was there. So a stormtrooper then did it instead. Uh, yeah. Now, um. <clears throat> So, sorry, uh, f- I forgot what I was gonna. S- Give me a second. Uh, how? <laughs> but um, I, I wa- yeah, Leia using the force as she's drifting up into space. Uh, that was a bit. Okay, you would be instantly dead in space. <laughs> Actually, no, no. The the reason why I was confused is because I was searching this. How long can humans last in space? Without a spacesuit, you'd lose consciousness in about 15 seconds, die after 90 seconds. That's enough time. I feel I, I, I think that is enough time she spent out there. All right. But so, they killed Admiral Akbar. Oh, no. They killed a character that the only reason people know is because he said it's a trap. Yeah, well, he was supposed to get a scene in the movie, but it got cut. Ryan, that's the natural thing in movies. A lot of movies get cut. 
listen, I do not feel sorry for Admiral Akbar dying because all he did is say it's a trap. Literally, that's it. That's the only reason he's known. The only reason he's in this movie is because he's a character that got known. And, well, why do people know him? Um, it's not like he was an interesting character with a deep lore and a connection to the Star Wars universe. No, he just said one word, kind of funny. Yeah, but it's he was the-, the one who led the Rebels to destroy the Death Star and Starkiller Base. Not in the movies. In- he did. They no, he's never in charge. Uh, you can say maybe he's in charge of the fleet during the battle of the second Death Star. That he's the one in charge of the fleet, but he's not really in charge of the Rebel Alliance. Also, he wasn't the one in charge during the raid on Starkiller Base. That was Paul Dameron, and Anne Akbar wasn't at Starkiller Base. He was on on the rebel base he technically wasn't the field commander he was just he was just there so people could point and go i know who that is uh, is so yeah it, no i don't i do i don't really particularly care about it i'm shedding no tears about him being spaced aced oh. Leia using the force. Normally people would say, oh, this is bullshit, except Empire Strikes Back, it's established that Leia may be force sensitive because she did hear Luke calling her when Luke was hiding from Cloud City. So, oh, Le- for all we know, Leia is force sensitive. If yeah, well, we knew that. I'm just thinking, pulling herself back into the base that has been completely blown up and drifted into space. I just thought, I don't know if, if they can actually do that. I don't see why. I don't see why not use the force, or and pull yourself into something that that's been used a bunch of times in Star Wars. Was mm. the only thing, like. I don't have particular issue. The only issue I have is that she kind of stays exactly still, and because of that, someone re-edited the scene and made her look like Mary Poppins. And I generally cannot think of that scene without imagining Leia with like a uh, umbrella. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, um, jury, and then because of this, um. Um, okay, the story splits into three parts uh, at this point. Right. The the Finn the Finn Rose had did not mean for that to actually sound like something. The Pold story and the Ray Luke story. We'll cover one at a time. Um, for the Pole story, what happens is since Leia and all the uh, rebel leadership uh, got killed, or and in Leia's case, is basically in a coma. What happens is a rear admiral, I keep forgetting her name, comes in, she's in charge. Now, one of the 
many, many, many things that people throw against this movie saying why it's terrible is because, oh, she should have told him the plan. Here's the reason why I don't think so. It's not his rank. Mm. You don't, you don't, like, in World War II, you didn't have Winston Churchill telling every single soldier, yeah, here's exactly how we're doing this attack. Like, the, the point... Like, Paul's character in this movie is essentially not to be a hero. Oh, think, like, think about how you fight. Don't be a hero because, as when you think about it, being a hero gets other people killed. Yeah, I mean, look at Doctor Who. I was going to say, look at the start of this movie. Paul was a hero and how many people got killed. True. Uh, that's the point. Like, it, it's even amplified in this mo- in this part where, since he's not told, but since Paul deems that he is a hero, that he needs to be the man in charge, he thinks he's Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, and he's basically he thinks he's the hero of his own story. He should be told everything. And, and he declares a mutiny, and basically, Leia needs to wake up from her coma, bitch slap Paul, and be like, okay. "Nam it." Okay, physically she stuns him. Metaphorically, she backhands him. Yeah, and she she basically backhands him and calls him a stupid idiot. Of course, many people actually helped Paul in um, uh, doing the mutiny. Yeah. Yeah, and she probably bow browbeated all of them. Um, she did actually. Be- she blasted them all when they were all shocked that she was out. She was up. No, she only blasts Paul. No one else gets blasted. All right. And, but she probably like uh, metaphorically backhands them, yeah. and yeah, basically what we find out is is they were basically essentially moving the ship away. So it'd stay out of Star Destroyer Blast, but close enough to a planet that had a rebel base. And they were putting all their fuel into ships that they could sneak onto the base because the First Order would focus on the big ship. Yep, that and that's essentially it. It's it's actually a halfway smart plan, but you know, Paul's an idiot. Mm. It and um, this ends with like. Like we're like this bit's near the end of the movie, but this ends with uh, the ships going on to the planet and the rear admiral turning around and basically hyperspacing into all of the first order star destroyers mm-hmm. and blowing them up. Which this scene is beautiful. Like yeah, that definitely. shot, that shot of like all the star destroyers and they're all being split in half. I actually have that as the picture for my computer wallpaper. Yeah, well, that is a cool scene. I mean, that mm-hmm. is brilliant art artwork CGI for yes. just the whole mm-hmm. zoom, just yeah. awesome. And people say this makes no sense, except yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, actually, scientifically, it makes sense. Because the faster an object moves, the harder it, like, hits. 
yeah. which is which is why like say for example the flash for the flash his finishing move is called the negative impact punch where he runs around the world super fast and then he punches you as fast as he can and that creates more force so so essentially how this would work is the ship crashes into the main star destroyer at hyperspace and that causes the most amount of damage where her ship starts separating but that but those separated parts are still going very very quickly so they are so those parts if they hit a star destroyer are tearing through a star destroyer mm-hmm. ergo explaining why that one hyperspace jump is able to destroy what is it f- four star destroyers and snoke's big ship yeah yep yeah so <clears throat> it makes theological sense but basically a uh the character arc for Paul is don't be a hero, actually be smart. Don't, you know, be smart and know your place, Jabroni. <laughs> um, Finn goes into the goes into the escape goes into an escape pod to <coughs> essentially from a coma from being slashed by Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Oh yeah, he, he wakes up. Uh, there's a half funny bit where when he's walking around he's in a suit that's squirting out water yeah or at least we hope that's water it's it's probably whatever they used in the BAFTA tank it like actually I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he's wearing he's wearing a portable in quotation marks BAFTA tank tank aye uh, if you don't remember Jamie, no the sense. yeah, if you don't remember Jamie, the BAFTA tank was the thing Luke was put into at the start of Empire Strikes Back when he returns to the Rebel base. It's I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like so. That's what the thing was. Um, but yeah, uh, he goes into an escape pod basically to run away, hey, okay? and uh. He meets up with Rose, uh, engineer, who we never actually see a lot of Star Wars stories from someone who basically has to deal with the pipes. That's what she says her job is, essentially. She deals with the pipes, which I like smaller characters in Star Wars, because I always find the smaller, more down-to-earth characters more interesting than, you know, Jedi. Mm. Aye. Aye. But, um... Her sister was the was the final one to die during the bombing raid. Like she basically dies to have all the bombs go off, and uh, both sisters have like a medallion necklace thing. Thing, genuinely surprised that uh, they didn't find the other piece because normally when you have two medallions, it's like a movie tradition that you put the two together. <laughs> But you can probably tell what it looks like when it is all put together. Yeah. Uh, and she basically zaps and uh, numbs down um, Finn. And Finn goes to Finn and Rose go to meet Paul because uh, Rose figures out that they are tracking them through hyperspace, which 
basically is a brand new thing the first order have been able to do and they basically have a plan on how they can dismantle it it they talk to paul and basically they sneak out in an escape pod and go to a giant casino planet it which i love i kind of like when star wars does new stuff yeah uh, like they go to a cool casino there's a nice bit of commentary where Finn's like oh this is amazing this is so cool because um, it's actually quite funny because Rose is like oh I've heard about that place it's where the most vile scum ever are and you're expecting like a place like Mos Eisley or like full of bounty hunters and cr- criminals and it's like no it's the filthy rich yeah, yeah, most of the rich are evil. Oh. And um, they... We basically get a cool bit where um, uh, Rose and Finn get arrested because they parked their ship on a public beach. And they need to meet the, like, the master pack, essentially, who has like a lapel pin on him. Um, and they find the master hacker. He's Tony Stark. <laughs> he is Tony Stark before Iron Man, before he goes into the cave. Yeah, that's the best way to describe him. Hell, he's even on the roulette table. Aye. Oh, oh, but they end up in prison. The, they meet um, another dude who, give me a second, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, Jedi. Jedi cast. Who is the actor? I keep forgetting his name. Uh, fuck, I'm going... His name's DJ, but it's like Benel Del Toro. Alright. He's in a ton of stuff. He's really good, but yeah, DJ who is surprisingly one of my favourite characters in Star Wars. Not mm. just this movie, this whole thing, whole franchise. But yeah, he's kind of good. He uses the chip thing to open all the prison doors and basically a all three of them escape um, and they go different ways. And DJ runs into three guards who have been tied up, gloves shoved in their mouth and probably beaten near to death. BB-8 did that. Yeah. All right, then. Speaking of which, um, I forgot to mention about BB-8. During the attack on the sh- during the attack on the ship, <clears throat> at the start of the movie, when the Hina Bay is destroyed, BB-8's head comes off the ball. Yeah. So yeah, that does answer my question. The head can come off the ball. It is a magnet that he can put it back. But yeah, if you hit it with enough, if you hit BB-8 with enough force, the head comes off. Mm-hmm. So I can punt him like a football. Good. Oh, well, he'd probably murder me in terrible, terrible ways, and he probably could. Yeah, have you seen? Yeah, if he could do that to a couple of guards, who knows who he could do what he could do to you? Yeah, yeah, and especially when you when you're treating him like a football. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I'm kicking the ball so the ball goes away because I think the ball is where most of his BS comes from. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, um, they they escape. They they free weird horse things. That's essentially what they're meant to be. They're meant to be like space dogs slash horses since they're doing the races. Right. And and they do a whole thing and you think for a second that they've been caught because a white light's on them but no it's a ship being piloted by dj and bb8 they you're meant to think it's their ship but you know they actually stole it yes. and they're flat and they're flying away uh, and then it's revealed that dj stole the ship this is someone else's ship and then dj and then um Finn is talking to DJ being like, oh, it's so good that you're fine for the good guys and not the bad guys. Because as we all know, First Order are the bad guys and the rebels are the good guys. And, you know, you're either one or the other. Uh, there's no playing both sides. And then DJ just flips a couple of switches and it's like, okay, I wonder how this guy made his money. Oh, he sold weapons. He sold TIE Fighters, ATSTs. Oh, he also sold X-Wings. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, he's a weapons dealer and he sells to both sides, which, again, is a good change up from Star Wars because Star Wars deemed... Because in all the other Star Wars movies, it's very obvious who the good and the bad guys are. Yeah. But in actual war, who's good and who's bad is very ambiguous. Very. Although you did miss a crucial moment of the casino scene. We then learn that um, the, those horses were actually uh, slaves and forced to race. And there's wee kids slaves that are forced to clean them. And... Um, and the girl knows everything about it because she was once a slave before joining up with the resistance. Her and the yeah. sister and her sister were both slaves, mm -hmm. and they were, and everyone was tortured in that. Yeah, um, except Rose being a slave. The reason why I didn't mention that is because that's actually what horse racing is. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that like everything you just said is essentially what happens in real life. Yeah, Aye. but what was really cool was they freed the horses, and that's how they managed the casino. So they managed to do a right thing by doing a wrong thing at the same time, if you will. I, I kind of like that. Had a few way, um, you know, when you know how all the people moan about. I'm I'm not a lover of Grand National, but they all uh, protest against Grand National. Yeah. It had a, it had a, how do I say it? It had a feel like, um, oh, don't be cruel to animals, kind mm. of feel to it. It was like they were, it's like Star Wars has put that message in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I just, I, I, I'm not a fan of the casino world thing, but that mm. I just, I thought, is that what they're doing? Are they, um, yeah. they're trying a message here. Are they using the phone to actually put this message out? <laughs> I don't oh. know. But, oh. I said that. I can't. Wow. Wow. Here's, yeah. Here's the thing I slightly... Here's the thing that I would agree with you is good, except it slightly muddles the waters. As 
this movie basically says, yeah, all the filthy rich are basically evil people. And if they're rich nine times out of ten, they probably are shady. Yeah, uh, the company that owns this is Disney, and it's one of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and not really all... happened there with your case. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree, the big companies have a massive history of being terrible, 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 terrible things. But yeah, I, I agree with you, but it just like slightly muddles the water where it's like, <laughs> like millionaires are like millionaires and billionaires are bad. This movie is owned by millionaires. <laughs> yes. I, I just found that half funny, but yeah. Um, also, if you want to get slightly dark, uh, with what you don't see um, you know that they're going to just rebuild the casino and recapture those horses right? Yep. Like, like that casino's not gone forever Nope, like, unfortunately yeah. And like I hate to say it but if they find out that those kids were involved in freeing the horses um, I'm not saying they're going to die but you know they might get beat yeah, hey. they will get something to remind them not to do anything that goes against them. Yes, you know, it, just if you want, just if you want to get dark. But anyway, uh, uh, then, uh, actually, no, we'll yeah, we'll finish the Finn Rose story because I was like, oh, we'll we'll end it here and then because this is where like the three stories meet, but they, they actually don't meet until they go to the planet. So um, yeah, they go to, they go to uh, Emperor Sandy's ship. If you haven't caught on, uh, Ryan kept trying to correct me how I said Snoke. So now I'm deliberately making it wrong on. So yeah, uh, they go to Grand Emperor Shugi Wiggie a and they go to his ship and they go to disable the tracker thing, Bob? The <laughs> hyperdrive tracker, yeah. Yeah. And, well, slightly before this, uh, DJ talks about how, you know, oh, he needs payment because, you know, oh, he's, he's uh, essentially a mercenary. And uh, Rose gives him her necklace. And then when they all... Oh, then when they're hacking into the thing, DJ uses the necklace to hack in, and he's like, oh, this metal, super good conductor. Yeah, here you go. I'm a nice dude. Mm. And then they go to the... They go into the tracker, but um, they're surrounded because of evil BB-8, which, if we know what normal like rebel good guy BB-8 can do, I don't want to imagine what evil BB-8 can do. Oh, that's nothing. You should, you should, you should uh, look up the evil, evil R2. Yeah, Eve, yeah, R2 and 3 PO, the evil versions. I was literally just going to mention those. I those. Well, they are way messed up. Okay, um, in the comics, uh, there are an evil C-3PO and an evil R2. The evil R2 basically has a metric ton of guns on him. And the evil C-3PO is a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Half. 
like uh there's a bit where he captures someone and he talks about how he wants to skin him alive. Mm-hmm. Who programmed their droids? Yeah, made them for weapons. Oh, made, uh, made them to be programmed them to even have those kind of thoughts in their head must be way more messed up than the droids. If they actually program the droids to think like that. Yeah. Yeah. Make some good soldiers. Or good assassins, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, but they get captured. Uh, Finn and Rose are basically going to be publicly executed in front of all the stormtroopers. It's revealed that DJ basically sold them out, out for a ton of money. Again, I kind of like this as... Also, is this the only Star Wars character that turns evil but doesn't get his comeuppance. Um... Because if I'm, if I'm correct, he leaves before um, like the rear admiral crashes her ship into all of them. Like He's gone by that point. That is, he, yes, he basically betrays both of them and still gets all his money. I don't think it's more betray all of them. I think it's, oh, I've been paid. Okay, I'm leaving. Five minutes after I leave, everything gets set on fire. Nice. I, I don't think it's betraying. I think it's more my job here's done. Yeah, I think this is the only time someone's like betrayed someone else and hasn't had their comeuppance. Yeah. Because, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Jamie, he doesn't show up in Rise of Skywalker. Unfortunately. So... Yeah, he he got off scot free. Hey, which you know is half interesting because like that happens in real life. Evil people get off scot free all the time. That's the thing. Did he really count as evil, or he just okay? Okay, Star Wars. Okay, are we talking how he sees it? Or how Star Wars morality sees it? Uh, go for both of them. Okay. <clears throat> Star Wars morality is because in everything except this movie, Star Wars has been very black and white with who's good, who's evil. There's no real gray sides. You're either a paragon of justice or... You know, you're murdering younglings. Things. And in the Star Wars logic, he turned evil because he sold them out knowing that they would be killed, but, you know, didn't really care. He was getting paid. Now, how DJ sees it is that he's, to quote Jango Fett, he's just a man making his way across the galaxy. Mm. Hey, like, he doesn't re- he doesn't know Finn and Rose. He's known them for what? A couple of hours? Basically. Why, why should he stick his neck out for them when basically sell out a couple of other people he doesn't know and he gets paid a ton of money? Yeah. So he Yeah, so yes, it's a douchey thing to do, but he it's people he doesn't care about. But yeah. Then at this time, uh, add the the rear admiral does the hyperspace. You know what? I'm going to call it the hyperspace blast. Yeah, 
That's a cool name, actually. Pretty sure that's a Dragon Ball name. Um, but yeah. She does the hyperspace blast, uh, and uh, the it's not ship. Off, it's a good name to have one. I don't know. Uh, the The ship they're on is tearing itself apart, and they're like, and um, Finn and Finn and Captain Phasma have a big have a big fight. Um, uh, there's she uh, Finn breaks Phasma's helmet. And then, like, you see the crack bit and says, uh, can I say, any character ever that wears a helmet for a regular should always have a moment where the helmet is cracked and you see the person's eye. Yes. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It can be Star Wars. It could be... I'm trying to think of the... Star Wars. It could be Star Wars. It could be a medieval story, and it's an actual helmet. It could be Power Rangers when their helmets are broken. Yeah, yeah. or DC, or DC Comics, or Marvel. Yeah, like when the superhero mask tears open and you like see the eyes. Yeah, it's it's such a good visual. Oh, it's one of my favorite because it's like it's an easy way to show. No, this character been through stuff in this fight like the mm-hmm. suit is torn on and the and she falls into a giant pit of fire if <clears throat> i remember correctly she's not dead oh here we go no doesn't she show up in rise of skywalker no oh she's dead okay <laughs> Oh, okay, she is dead. Okay, I, sorry, I could have sworn she was in Rise of Skywalker because no, I remember. She's not. <laughs> okay, then. Okay, then I do, then maybe I've read some like a book or something where she survived that because I remember thinking because she survives and it's not really good what they do with her and I kind of went ah they could have just killed her here and it would have been good. Yeah, well, they did in the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, yeah, she's dead. Ed, you know, and and Finn has finally fully accepted him as a rebel. Hmm. Oh, that's good. And but yeah, they're still surrounded by a ton of stormtroopers. Yeah, and ATST just starts shooting at all the stormtroopers. Now, you're you're going to think, oh, is this DJ? Did he decide to have a change of heart and fight alongside the rebels? Uh, no, it's BB-8. Uh-huh, go BBA. I like even R2D2 at his most BS, I basically solve every problem you can ever think <laughs> of in this movie. He wasn't piloting ships on his own. He wasn't piloting walkers. I I ah oh. I, I kind of like BB-8. I kind of turned around on him because I, for a while, wasn't a big fan of him. Mm. But I've turned around. I, I, I love him. But yeah, and they escape the ship and they go down to the planet. Meanwhile, on the most remote planet ever, ever, um, 
so Luke has found out that Han has died and Ben has, you know, t- fully turned evil according to Ray, and looks like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to train you. And now, um, Ray, I want you to sit down and I'm going to say something that basically is going to be the big make or break for fans of this movie. Don't live your life by legends. Because he basically goes into detail about why living your life by legends isn't a good idea. Because it's like, look at the Jedi. They were... They are legends. They are deemed near gods in this world. But at the height of their power, they let Palpatine become senator, become emperor, and wipe them basically out. Mm. Out. Or look at Luke. He's deemed a legend, a titan in this planet. Like, if he just shows up, up, he... He will help reignite everything because, you know, it's going to be right like uh, Return of the Jedi. But no, that's not Luke anymore. Luke isn't a 25-year-old who is full of piss and vinegar and is ready to take on the universe all by himself. He's a broken man. Uh, Basically, the phrase, how the mighty have fallen, really gets in here. Yeah, but that's that's the point, and I think, see, <laughs> this is something that, okay, one of the criticism this movie gets a lot of is this isn't Luke. This isn't yep. what I wanted for Luke, because mm. what people wanted for Luke is 50-year-old Luke, but he's still acting like he's 25, full of piss and vinegar, fighting everyone, probably dual-wielding lightsabers, doing backflips, that kind of thing, right. where this Luke is someone who had something that he dedicated his life to, because after he saved his father and destroyed the Emperor, he dedicated his life to uh, rebuilding the Jedi. And his nephew, his own flesh and blood, it turned to the dark side and destroyed everything he built up to. Like, so, and because of that, he would he just shut... Because we later find out that he shut himself off from the Force which is something Jedi can do. That's been something Jedi have been able to do since, like, um, Order 66, because um, when... Because that's an explanation of why a lot of Jedi survived Order 66, because they shut themselves off so, like, Vader couldn't find them. Mm. But yeah, like, Luke shut himself off, and he's... He's very much like the, I tried something and it didn't blow up. It's not like it blew up in my face. It it could not have gone more wrong and people died. So Luke basically went to the most remote place in the universe to die. He went there basically to die uh, and let the universe live without him. Like... 
like we'll lay a cover this, but um, when he talks to Master Yoda, Master Yoda basically says like, yeah, you failed, but failure is the greatest teacher. Mm. And this is something that a lot of Star Wars fans kind of can't comprehend, where it's characters can be flawed. Because Luke in this movie is flawed. He's a damaged, broken character, but that doesn't make him bad. Mm. Bad. Like, there's a great... There's a great video someone did in this movie about Star Wars and how Star Wars fans see Star Wars. And this guy gave the argument of Star- some Star Wars fans don't want Star Wars movies. They want Wikipedia articles. They want... They want... Um, um, uh, Snook to be... Darth Plagueis the Wise or Darth Raven because they want to say I know who that is Uh is. because um, if you look at what what people who don't like the Disney Star Wars movies say is the best scene in Disney Star Wars they say it's the scene at the end of Rogue One where it's a cool scene with a character you like but it does nothing for the story Really? You could you could remove that scene and really nothing will happen. Nope. And if you want even more evidence of it, what did a lot of people who don't like Disney Star Wars say was the shining moment of the Mandalorian? <laughs> Basically the exact same scene. They don't want a movie, they want a bunch of cool stuff to gawk at or be, oh, I know this. It's yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is this is my favorite version of Luke Skywalker, fight me in the street. Eight. But yeah, um uh he goes and then he goes into the Falcon, has a bunch of reminiscent scenes in um holds uh hands like weird dice thing that is lucky you know, dice. We've never seen them before, but sure, I'm willing to accept they exist. Est, we never see that part of the Falcon, but you know. So Falcon, no, no I don't know. Why I call it. Uh, Luke agrees to give Ray free lessons, and there's a great bit of when Ray is when Luke's talking to Ray, and he's like, "Yeah, what do you think the Force is?" Oh, the Force is the thing that Jedi use to control people's mind and lift up rocks. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> ah, yes. Someone who doesn't understand the Force explaining what the Force is. is. But then Luke gives the whole talk about, you know, oh, it's the Obi-Wan talk, but given more gravitas. Mm. You know, it's everything. It's life. It's death. It's peace it's violence it's cold it's hot it's all of this but there is balance and uh ray talks about ray like basically feels the force of this of this island but there's a part of this island that has darkness and and luke talks about that's balance equal darkness equal light and ray basically 
she essentially jumps headfirst into the um the hole essentially and and um Luke is like you didn't even try to resist the darkness this and Ray's like it had something I wanted and she and um looks like yeah that's how the dark side gets you it gives you something you want to corrupt you mm-hmm. which who's the other character we know who turned to the dark side Anakin mm-hmm. and he turned to the dark side because he wanted to save the ones he loved loved because Anakin put his faith in the Jedi and his mother died. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So he does everything in his power to save Padme, turning to the dark side, ultimately killing Padme. And that's how the dark side gets you. And then Luke's like, yeah, uh, no, I am that we can't have this. Uh, like last time I sensed this power, it was um, Ben. And at this time, they established that Ray and and Kylo Ren have like a force connection. Yeah. Where they essentially can like talk to each other and interact with each other, essentially. Yeah. Like at first they can't. Because, like, when Ray sees Kylo for the first time, she goes to shoot him, hmm. but and Kylo reacts, but the bullet doesn't go through. But then later on, when water is behind Ray, it goes onto Kylo's glove, and when they touch hands, they touch hands. Yeah. And Although you forgot one funny bit about uh, Luke's training. Um, Luke tells Ray to, to put her hand out, and to feel the force, and she feels the force, but it turns out it's just a twig, and Luke then just slaps her right in the arm. I just loved that. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Says, it's like, this, this is the force. You are feeling the force. And then just, okay, now let's get serious. <laughs> I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's like serious. It's, okay, reach out. Oh, you're reaching out with your hands. Okay, you're a you're dumb. Oh, oh, feel this, feel this, feel this. Slap in the back of the head. Stop being dumb. <laughs> this is, yeah. I, oh, this, I can't even stop laughing every time I think about that scene. This is like if Mr. Miyagi was a bit more of an asshole to Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, which, yeah. Which, <laughs> FYI, Mr. Miyagi, FYI, can we all agree? 100% Mr. Miyagi would be a Jedi. Big time, he'd be the yep. master of masters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so she, so they decide they're not tra- that Luke isn't going to train her, but um, they have the force connections. And this is one of my favorite parts of the movie, where Kylo tells his side of the story, where Luke got fearful of Kylo's power and Luke tried to kill him. And in this version of the scene, in like, like Luke is full of rage and Kylo pulls out his lightsaber to defend himself. And in Kylo's anger, he destroyed the school. However, when Luke tells the story, he only talks about how he wanted to kill him for a brief second. But that brief second, he woke up and then. Kylo tried to attack him first, which 
it goes back to the thing we found out is a big connection to Star Wars. A certain point of view. Yep. Like, Kylo probably genuinely sees that incident as Luke tried to kill him. Um, like, just full out. It It's one of my favourite things because, again, it adds more adds more layers to Luke's character where Luke was always kind of a flat character. Mm-hmm. Like he ne- like he didn't get affected by anything, but he affected other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's it's kind of like Goku where Goku doesn't have any character development, but he helps other characters develop. But yeah. That's pretty cool about the hero in most things do they don't do mm. it for themselves they really just do it to inspire others i'm not talking about it like that i'm talking it more like the character doesn't change as in like like he doesn't go through any character development and but because of his actions other characters go through development yeah like cuz look pretty much Luke stays pretty much the same from A New Hope to Jedi. He's pretty much the exact same. Yeah. Um, um, But because of him, other characters get character development. That kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah. And then Luke... So then um, Ray decides, you know what, fuck it, I'm going into the hole and I'm right in assuming this is essentially like the cave on Dagobah where yeah. when when in it's Darth Vader and that yes. um, we get a cool scene of like a billion rays and it's kind of cool where they have like a slight delay so when she raises her hands it's like half a second but everyone else raises her hands yeah I, I <laughs> love that yeah that was a really cool scene mm-hmm. and then and then she goes to the wall and asks, who's her parents? And the mystery is revealed, and it's no one, essentially. It's just her. Which we'll talk about slightly in a bit later on, but put up in the next, I have a discussion I want to talk about with this. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, um... So, Ray's... So, Ray, a ends up having more of a conversation with Kylo. Kylo thinks that he can corrupt Ray, and Ray thinks she can save Ben. And and Luke goes, yeah, yeah, kind of can't do it without me. And then when Ray leaves, um, Luke goes to burn down the um, the tree that has like the first Jedi text, and Yoda shows up. Uh, Yay! Yoda has returned! This is is Yoda from Empire Strikes Back, where he was far more juvial. Mm -hmm. Like, half the things he says is basically cracking jokes. But Luke isn't 100% sure if he wants to burn down the tree, and then Yoda, using the Force, has lightning strike down on it. it. And... It looks like you're burning down the books, and you're just like, yeah, they're not real page turners. Looks like the secret texts. It's like, yeah, but they're 
yeah, they're full of wisdom, but they're also very boring. <laughs> in which, yeah, I kind, I kind of like. And basically, she, t- they, Yoda talks about how the need for the old Jedi is gone. You need a new kind of Jedi because if you bring back the old Jedi, the same thing's just going to happen again. And, and it's true. Yeah, a new Palpatine will show up. A new 66 will happen. It, it will be an endless cycle. You need a new kind of Jedi. Aye. And it's quite good. So then Ray, using essentially a coffin, gets shot out of the Millennium Falcon into uh, the main First Order ship. And, Rick, and Kylo Ren takes her to... Um, to meet Emperor Shaggy Maggie. Eh? And um, he's wearing a golden robe. Yeah. Robe. Or as I have dubbed it, his snoking jacket. <laughs> because um, like some people wear like a fancy tux and it's called a smoking jacket. Uh, so, you know, it's a snoking jacket. I'll be... <laughs> I'll be here all weekend to tip your waitress. <laughs> but yeah, um and they base and I forgot how fun Snoke is. He's very like over the top and slightly jovial. Yeah. Kinda like the kinda like the Emperor. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, and there's a fun bit where um um like he basically puts Ray down on her knees and has Kylo's lightsaber pointed at her, and he's taught and Snoke's like, and he will point his lightsaber at his enemies, and when he ignites it, he will kill his enemy. A Ray ignites a lightsaber, but not his, the Skywalker saber next to uh, uh, Snoke, and it cuts him in half. Half, and then we get. One of my favorite fights in Star Wars. Mine too. Mine too. Kylo Ren and Rey fighting together to defeat uh, the guards. Is this is the first like two on multiple people fight we've seen in Star Wars? Yeah, because the only other one that comes, the only other ones that are closest, like when Obi Wan and Anakin face Dooku. But that was mm. two on one. This is like what two on eight. Yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a good fight. A lot of great fight choreography. Like, I think if you just go straight up, what the choreography is for this fight, I think this might be one of the best Star Wars fights. And there's a there's a good bit at that after they defeat, eat the the uh, guards raise like okay now tell the troops to stop attacking the rebels and and kylo's like nah join me and you know <laughs> we'll destroy it all oh and ray's like nah not going to do that i'm going to force the saber lightsaber and take it it and i meant to say the skywalker saber not the saber lightsaber um Actually, if I have a lightsaber, that's what I'm calling it. The saber lightsaber. 
And um, so Kylo pulls out and the lightsaber symbolically, yeah, that's the word, symbolically breaks in half. I want you to remember that because I don't hate a lot of things in Star Wars. I don't have it in my soul to really care so much about movies that I can say I hate something. Mm. There's one thing I come close to hating, but we'll cover that. Let's just say it involves this lightsaber. Right. But but yeah, the bricks and and so and there's a big explosion. Um, What's his name? uh, General Hux wakes up Kylo Ren and Ray's already escaped on the Falcon somehow. And never really explained how she was able to escape without, you know, all the billion stormtroopers there. Yeah, don't know. But, um, pal, but, uh, um, Kyle Ryan's like, yeah, um, uh, Ray killed the Supreme Leader. Uh, so I'm the Supreme Leader now. And Hux is like, uh, nah, mate. And then, and Kyle Ryan just starts choking him, and he's like, "Okay, you make a very convincing point. Please stop choking me." And they go to attack the secret rebel mining base. Ace, or as I call it, not Hoff, because hmm. it basically is Hoff, Hoff, Hoff. Except, like... except when it's it's not snow, it's salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yeah, basically a um what is it? The uh the first order drops down their weird like their new uh, weapons to break for the gate, including a battening ram cannon and advanced ATSTs. With weird gorilla hands. Like, no, like if you look at the front legs, the way they're shaped, they kind of look like gorilla arms. Hmm. Um, it's like someone pointed that out to me, and now I can't look at them without seeing how they bend looking like gorilla hands. All right. And like, next time you watch this, when you see the ATSTs, just remember that they kind of look like gorilla hands, and you'll never look at them the same way again. But um, uh, uh, Paul, Finn, and Rose, and a bunch of no-name jobbers fly out in terrible, rusty old speeder things. And basically, <laughs> what they need to do is crash into the main cannon, and they all begin to be shot down. And um. Paul, no, yeah, Paul realizes, oh, wait, this is where I need to stop being a hero. Okay, um, yeah, turn back. We'll deal with this later, but we're not having everyone die. Like, you know, he's becoming a proper leader, uh, uh, which apparently is meant to be his character arc in these movies, becoming a leader. Yeah. Um. But Finn's like, uh, nah, mate, I'm going into a suicide mission 
uh, Rose saves him, um, and then it's like, yeah, why did you do it? And it's like, the whole point is you need to fight for what you love. She kisses him. I'm not going to say they kiss. It's more she quickly kisses him, and then she faints. Don't worry, she's not dead. But um, I'm going to just say this for a small spoiler. Uh, the way they treat her in the next movie, she might as well have died here. Yep. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> so, you know, all seems hopeless. But then a hooded figure walks into the base. You forgot about the ship battle. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ray shows up in the Falcon and they destroy a bunch of TIE fighters. I was really meaning the salt speeders. But... <laughs> that, that's why. That's why I said they were on the salt speeders and they got shot down. It wasn't really a fight. They went forward but were shot down. I they didn't have. I think they made. They managed to get a few of them. I do not think so. Oh, because I don't think the salt speeders had like any weapon things to fire back at. At, I think it was very much like the we're trying to outmaneuver outmaneuver them, but yeah, they didn't shoot down any Tie Fighters. It was only when um, Ray showed up in the Falcon and then started shooting down Tie Fighters, and then Kyle was like, "That ship used to be hun by like flown by my father. I'm going to now destroy it." It and but yeah and. Yeah, so a hooded figure shows up. Uh, yeah, it's Luke Skywalker with a shaved beard. That, that's oh. good. He, it's good that he decided to have a little shave beforehand. And, <laughs> you know, because, oh, you know, when you go back and go back to saving the universe, you know, you want to look your best. Est. So, I, yeah, just like before... I'm imagining like him on the Falcon being like, okay, I need to show up. So, you know, do some stretches, do some good lunges. Okay, uh, need a shave. Do I need to brush my teeth? If, you know, all the things that I'm 100% sure real superheroes have to go through. Because, mm. uh, no, no, you can't tell me that when like a superhero. <laughs> yes, that's my point. You can't tell me when a superhero is suiting up like they're not quickly doing some sit-ups beforehand. And that's all I'm saying. But um so this so yeah, Luke walks out of the half-destroyed door and um Kylo's like, yeah, everyone, shoot him. They start shooting him, and Kylo's like, more. More, oh, which is all, which is always my slight favorite bit of overacting. Him just begging for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those blasted nothing because he's motherfucking Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he just skips them away. Mm. This buys time for the Rebel Alliance to escape out of basically secret tunnels, and Kylo goes down to meet him. They have. I'd say a lightsaber fight. Uh, Ray, like Kylo, swipes his lightsaber at him a couple of times and Luke dodges him. Yeah. Now, in awesome fashion, I might add. Yes, thank you for adding that because that even adds to my point. Everyone's like, "Oh, this movie did look dirty." You have your Luke Skywalker scene right here. Uh huh. 
like this is i guarantee you this is what people wanted our look skywalker uh because you know they didn't want deep character they wanted him to do cool shit well there you go he's doing cool shit mm-hmm. uh, and kyle was like okay i'm going to kill ray destroy the alliance this war is over and lucas like every single word you said was wrong no this war just beginning and uh ray she's a brand new jedi she won't be the last jedi yeah they say the last jedi a couple of times like this, this is the... everyone to make sure that's what we call this movie yeah yeah because i don't i don't actually yeah i think is this the only star wars movie that actually says the title uh hold on uh rogue one okay other than rogue one because okay i mean in the ones beforehand because they were made after last jedi i think think the ones we've watched i think it's the first unless i missed it yeah well then well well, yes well i did forget that scene in a new hope with the in the falcon where obi-wan kenobi was like hello there luke yes there is a new hope, but wait for the Empire to strike back, but then there will be the return of the Jedi. But there will also be a Phantom Menace, the Attack of the Clones, and the Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> if, again, that's my fa- it's, it's one of my favorite gags in Family Guy, where uh, he goes to the cinema to meet to see all the movies say the title. And, you know, some of them make sense. And then one of them is like, but Lois, I need to be Superman for the quest for peace. It's like, haha, he said it. But yeah, and uh, Kylo goes to strike down Luke. Uh, goes right through him. So then he walks up to him and basically stabs him with a lightsaber. Uh, yeah, it goes right through Luke. We see that Luke is still on his planet. It And Basically, like, it's force projection, I think it's called. Yeah. Well, it's basically he's projecting himself, (laughs) and the reason he chose that image is because that was the last time the rebels really saw him use it as a way to inspire courage in people, because that was the last time they saw Luke. Uh, And apparently the blue lightsaber was just to mess with Kylo, Mm. Yeah. Also, we forgot to mention uh, slightly before this, the reason why they're on the salt planet is because they're basically waiting there until they send a message to their allies, and then the allies will help them. And actually, uh, yeah. that was their, and that was Leia's plan all along. They weren't actually running away from the ship. They were really just trying to ease their way to get closer to the planet. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they go to, they make the call, and no one answers. Yes. This is really the Star Wars movie where, if this was any other Star Wars movie, half the things they said would have worked. Mm-hmm. Like, when, um, like, for example, we see a bit where Rey is practicing her lightsaber stuff on a rock. Any other Star Wars movie, Luke would have been like, yeah, you need to change up your posture here and that. Like, I'm not training you, but I'm kind of training you. Or uh, when they talked about the 
the hyper drive tracker any other star wars movie they would have disabled that at at but yeah again this is the most different of any star wars movie and yeah uh luke disappears because at this point ray was able on the other side to use the force to lift a bunch of boulders and they can all go to the falcon and um luke basically passes away looking at like and it looking at the two sons he he disappears and becomes one with the force it's because he used to he used all his power to project himself all the way to the planet yeah he slightly ruined the moment i was going for there because i was trying i was trying to talk about how beautiful this death scene is and then you went oh yeah here's why he died Actually, I made a Star Wars quote that I actually used to describe this scene. Go. It end like it begun. Yeah. Uh, Because what was one of the first scenes we see of Luke Skywalker? That's one of the most iconic scenes in Star Wars. Him Him looking at the free sunsets on Tatooine. And he dies looking at the the dual sunset of whatever fucking planet he's on. On, I just thought, yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. yeah. And I know, oh no, Disney killed Luke. Yada yada yada. I don't care. This is a great death. Very. Like, like this is the best death in all of Star Wars. I would say, like even better. <laughs> Even better than Vader's redemption death, where he got redemption and then died as a Jedi. I'd say this is the best one. But yeah. this gives this gives them time to escape. You get one final force conversation between Kylo and Rey, where she very sim, uh, symbolically closes the door on the Millennium Falcon, basically being like, yeah, I'm done trying to save you. Uh, don't worry. Hey, she's really done trying to save him. Um, and the mo- the movie ends with Leia talking to Ray on the Falcon, where we see that Ray has the the Jedi tomes in the Falcon. She took those from the tree. Hey, they weren't burnt, and Ray holds the two ended like the the destroyed Skywalker saber. The movie also ends with some kids talk, basically talking about what happened and gives the implication is, oh, is this a story? Is this a kid telling the story? And then we see um, one of the kids doing the sweeping and he looks to the stars and the plane behind him. And he make any kind of the way he holds the brush makes it look like a lightsaber. Yeah. Which, as someone who has done his fair share of sweeping, yes, I do that a lot. Also, with that song playing in my head, huh. Ed, Ed. But yeah, and that's how this movie ends. Now, well, actually, it really ends with um, well, yes, the kid. But you forgot that Ray talks to. Leia beforehand, like, is there any hope at all? And Leia just comforts her. 
there'll always be hope somewhere in the galaxy. We just need mm-hmm. to find it. Yeah, don't worry, Ray. There'll definitely be a new hope. And she just looks, and she just turns and looks at the camera. Get it? Yep. It, but um, okay. I know this has become a tradition, and I didn't mean for it to be a tradition. But um, I'm leaving Jamie at the end for this one because his opinion <laughs> I'm the most interested in. Hey. You know what, Ryan? Actually, yeah. We'll shake things up slightly because I was going to go me, Ryan, Jamie. But actually, no, we'll change it. Ryan, uh, give your opinion first. Uh, also, I'd like to make this point clear. You, We don't need to agree. Okay. If, you don't need to change your opinion because of what someone else said. If you dislike this movie, that's okay. If you like this movie, that's okay. Right. No opinion is wrong. Okay. Uh, I wasn't even really saying that to you. I was more saying that to Jamie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey. um, I, in my opinion, I, it was a good movie. Not as good as what I would have hoped it to be. Um, but the battles in there were really cool. BBA with the, with the, um, with the ship, Phasma and Finn, Luke and Kylo Ren, and then Ray in the mirror world, just um, snapping her finger and it just coming all the way along. Just and the, there were so many funny bits in there as well. I mean, they were very clever with um, Luke saying reaching out, not literally, and um, just with um, just with everything going on and. Um, also, uh, just ah, it was really good. It was, and it really touched upon um slavery as well, which people t- tend to forget about the Star Wars universe. That they actually do that, but they actually had a wee revolution there. And I kind of thought that was kind of good. Um, I I could say that everything ended happily for the casino, but I would say I'm lying. But um, I was still good. Um. Rose, I found, was a bit annoying. I kind of feel like, oh, what? She's just swooped in. Now Finn's going to be interested in Rose. What happened to, the, what happened to me with you and Ray? Finn, come on. And um, the, uh, the speeder race on the salt planet. I thought that was pretty cool. And just the red lines coming across everything. I wonder if anyone one day, if they were playing like the Battlefront game, they would actually try and write something on the sands and they would um and when they were on the ship if someone was playing the empire they were on the ship they would actually read what it says i just think yeah that's your way to tell the empire to um whatever you wanted to tell them so i thought yeah i like that and um yeah luke in there he was a grouchy old man but um, he was still a good character, no matter what people say about him. I do tend to wish he kind of actually did at least something like more, like even clashing with the lightsaber at least once. I would have preferred just, I mean, he was right there. I mean, you could have done at least one thing, but no, nah, he was just like an <clears throat> elder, just like I'm too old to do anything, so I'm just gonna sit and watch everything, but um. I was still good um, either way. And the fact that 
Kylo Ren hesitated to kill Leia means there's still hope for him turning back to the good side. So I, yeah, I thought that was really good. So I would say, in my opinion, I would give it a seven out of ten. Okay. Uh, moment of the night and MVP. Uh, let's see. Oh boy, this is going to be difficult. Uh, favorite moments um, is Ray going through the mirror worlds. I liked that scene the most. And MVP, I would have to give it to Luke because he was pretty cool about everything. And yeah, his death was very well done. Just like he ended it, like he started his journey. He can end it the exact same way. So, and him just swiping the dust when all the blasters were firing at him, just saying, okay, is that it? Just badass. So, yeah, Luke's my MVP. Okay. Uh, also, forgot to mention one thing. Uh, there's a fun bit where when the Rebels go on the Falcon, uh, Poe and reintroduce themselves to each other, which made me realise, yeah, this is the first time those two have talked to each other. Aye, they've never actually probably yeah. met. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, okay, now me. Um, I fucking love this movie. I genuinely think this is a really good, different take on the Star Wars movies, and I, <laughs> I wish, I wish it didn't have this hated, vitriol, like people, like I'm not saying a majority, but if you saw a lot of it, you'd think it's a majority, but it's a. It's a minority that are very, very, very loud. They hate this movie, and I think it's because this is a movie that really what's the word what's the word that you it subverts your expectations. You think something's going to happen, but it doesn't. Yeah. Like for example, when Ray gave um Lucas Lightsaber. What were you expecting to happen? Luke was going to hold it, ignite it, and then say something like, I've not seen this in a long time, start training Ray, and then have a whole cool thing. But no, it subverts the expectations, and I think this is really, really well done, and I don't think it deserves the hate it gets. It's like, I won't say this movie doesn't have problems, but I'm not going to say this is the worst thing ever made. This isn't even the worst Star Wars movie ever made. Like, there are scenes that... There's a scene in here that genuinely brought me close to tears. Damn. And, like... I, I've said I nearly got emotional a couple of times. Times this is the closest I got uh, in this movie, but um, I thought all the character dynamics is good. But Jamie won't understand this as much. But it's kind of tragic watching this movie, knowing what they do with the next one. Yeah, and but um, yeah, I I loved this movie. I gave it. A 
8.5 out of 10. And my MVP was Luke Skywalker of giving us a giving us a broken character, but it works surprisingly well. Because that's one of the things I always like about these characters who are deemed better than gods, these Gary Stews. I kind of like seeing them be broken down. And it's like, this was the first time something really went wrong for Luke and he couldn't handle it. Yes, I know he got his arm cut off, but he was pretty much able to easily respond from that. Like, this shook him to his core and he had to run away. So yeah, um, I gave MVP to Luke and my moment of the night is is uh, Luke's death. I mm. genuinely loved that moment. And like, yeah, why'd you cry that? Nearly cried. I mm. nearly cried at that moment. But like, I think we'll probably talk about it when we do a general discussion, but like, I'm pretty sure that's up there with my favorite moments of this entire franchise. Wow. Nice. Okay. And Jamie. Well, I, I know what you're talking about with the hate, because I've heard this movie, and I'm going to be honest, was one I was dreading. Because mm-hmm. I've heard so much hate about it. Uh, after watching it, I don't know what the hate is for. I don't know. You know, it's a, I'm going to be honest with you, I've heard uh, Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. It's just there. But overall, this was a good, good movie. Mm-hmm. That's what, uh, what I don't understand where the hate is coming from. You just probably, probably understand it better than me because you just have been diehard fans. Uh, so a couple of points I didn't real bad points but obviously I didn't get the you know planet um, <laughs> but you know what I mean I don't I got I don't get paid to write this so I'm no um but as Ryan said it I didn't really think about that until I heard Ryan say it about slavery. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean um I don't know about Maybe this is me just trying to, you know, be in with the Star Wars crowd, right? You can tell me if I'm wrong. But I don't know who plays, uh, what's his name, Kylo Ren. Oh, uh, give me one second. I... Last Jedi cast, Kylo Ren is Adam Driver. Adam Driver I think he kind of sold me mm-hmm. on his character in this one if that makes sense to you to... yeah yeah. I don't know why um, but I don't know he's just I know he's a bad guy mm-hmm. but he's just kind of... and I, it was like there was a um, what's written in here about the bond between, well, not a bond, but there was like a connection between Kylo and Ray. Yeah, yeah. You know that that was just, um, and what's the other? Of course, it's a good bit. 
I don't, I feel bad was obviously as you saying I don't like the fact they're saying somebody looks good as a broken person, but mm-hmm. seeing Luke as a broken, a broken down guy, basically, mm-hmm. you know, he's haven't seen the whole and and he's dead. Ah, oh my god, James, mm-hmm. I, I hate him at this, and don't you dare repeat this to anybody. I was nearly close to tears. Wow! It really, really, really got to me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not. I mean, I can't even say any excuse because I don't even know a guy called Luke that could yeah. remind me. So I, it was just I never once knew that a film could make you laugh, make you go. <gasps> Make you cry, but well, don't actually make you cry, but almost make you cry. Mm-hmm. And the space, um, what is this, two hours? Two, well, just uh, just two hours or something. I think it's like two and a half. Yeah, it's actually uh, the the longest Star Wars movie we've watched so far. Two and a half hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So basically, what it started was an amazing opening part. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. And then you go through all these emotions, and then you get this for look. You know, I've never been my heart's never been tugged so much in my life. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I dread to think what the next film's like. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, am I going to be sitting cuddling my pillow or a cushion? Yes. In tears, am I going to be having a nervous breakdown? Am I going to be jumping up and with excitement? Am I going to be totally shocked to my core? And I don't know what I don't know what to expect for it. <laughs> I don't think it's a good thing or a bad thing, but no, it's a good thing. It's a that good means thing. you're really interested. Yes. So Force Awakens, if I'd watched Force Awakens and he says, get ready, I'd say there's nothing new they can do there's nothing much more new they can do mm-hmm. and this film just proves that they just turned around and kicked me right in the fucking teeth because mm-hmm. there is new stuff they can do so, yeah. I, but I, I like that oh, I yeah. preferred the last one and I don't mean that in any disrespect but I did like this one really yeah. did so um, it was just See, oh, I mean, what I've noticed right, with these films is, like, see the effects of the CGI. Mm. Yeah, they do them so well. And that's no knock at anything else. They, they really do them so so good. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, the, only, the... the only part I did kind of only bad part about the film <clears throat> and there's no one knock to the film it's not a new film is when you put it on you see the year it came out mm-hmm. and I've seen we touched on this earlier on we've seen the year I'd seen the year it was 2017 mm-hmm. and I knew that Gary Fisher died in 2016 
Yeah. And I thought, yeah. damn, this is, I mean, this is probably the last year in her life. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't even know. Yeah. I'm not trying to, try to turn this into a somber no. I just, just that went through my head, especially when Luke. Oh, when Luke. I just got, you know the funniest part? I just got the, like, things out of my head about Carrie Pitcher or that. Yeah. And yeah, then Star Wars goes depressing. in. It's always depressing <clears throat> when the actors die actually get released so they actually get to see that it way. on the screen. Mm-hmm. So, so I just got them in my head and then there goes Star Wars just throwing a brick right to my head and throwing this Luke Skywalker up. And there yeah. we go. That's, my emotions were all but that. Yeah, I mean, see if I had to go to the shop after watching this, I'd have grabbed a stranger and sat cuddling them. Oh, that's not oh, emotional. That's, uh, I was really. I can see where you guys are coming from because you feel attached. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm just psychotic, but after I mean, what the watch after watching these, I, I really do feel attached to yeah. these characters. And then fucking what Skywalker going? I was like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. What? I give it a seven. Okay. It's not, it's not a bad seven. So it doesn't yeah. get that wrong. It is far from a, a bad seven. Mm. I didn't pick a second MVP. You, we can share MVPs. It's okay. MVPs look Skywalker. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I would have been surprised if it wasn't. We all shared that. <laughs> I've got mm-hmm. two moments that I liked. Um, I don't know why, but first one's obviously the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just an image. Uh, I'm sitting on that rock cliff thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a sunset. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, the first thing I thought, oh, I need that for my laptop. Mm-hmm. I need that. Yeah. And the second one I did pick, I think that'll be my MVP. Maybe um, second moment one, of the night. Second moment of the night that really kind of warmed my wee cockles in my heart was Yoda and Luke. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I just, oh, mm-hmm. it was so so. Guess <laughs> another. In fact, I didn't even touch on that. Mm-hmm. It warmed my wee heart. Yeah, as I say, I didn't know I had a heart until I started watching these fucking films. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah when, I don't know. I'm scared to think what's going to happen when this when I've watched these films. Because I don't, I'm, I'm going to go out and adopt a penguin or something. And yeah, I'm going to do mm-hmm. something stupid because I, I'll win my heart. Shit, I mean, but I, I, I've got nothing bad to really say about the film. Um, just yeah. that one bit with the casino, I, I didn't understand that, but it, was, it wasn't it bad. You know, it was like it was like Star Wars basically saying, well, we're doing all this mm-hmm. space now. Guess what? Here's a bit that looks like a wee casino. comedy or a normal film. Okay. Here's how, here's how I can explain the planet casino. We have Las Vegas. That's that entire city is basically a casino. Oh. So, 
So would it, so in Star Wars, would it is it too much to think that in Star Wars with whole planets more available that they'd be like, oh, we'll take this one planet, one giant casino. True enough, right? <laughs> I, I I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, do we have any miscellaneous notes before? Um, or uh... no, I'm good. Okay. Oh, just uh-uh. just loved the um the light the hyperdrive slam right into force star destroyers just absolutely work of art. Okay. Well, you know what I do want to say. It's not miscellaneous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, through these films, I am so addicted to the music. Yay! I b- I believe the term is that's John Williams for you. The music just. They put the right song or the right scene. Mm. If that makes sense, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. It also helps my theory that this is basically what Star Wars secretly is. John Williams just makes music, and then and they make a movie around the music. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so well, well done because you know what. It's an action scene. You're mm-hmm. guaranteed you're gonna have that action type music. If it's a sad scene, you're gonna have this. It's just I have noticed that how, like in some films or even some TV series, <clears throat> like you kind of get that balance between the scene and the music. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying films are playing a rave tune when somebody's getting buddied or nothing like that. It's not no that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they try and get it so perfect. They try and get it perfect. But this, it just seems like they know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, <clears throat> what else can I say other than it's John Williams? <laughs> this guy, this guy did the music. Like, let me tell you some small movies he did m- music for. You know, these are tiny indie flicks. You've probably never heard of these songs. Um, Indiana Jones, he did the mu- mu- music for that. John, for that. E.T., E. John Williams. Um, uh, what, the Superman theme, he did that. Lo- you know, I think he did... <laughs> yeah. It's funny you say that. I've got a, I don't know what it is. I've got a wee small passion for E.T. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Uh, uh, similar to Star Wars? Oh wait, no. Wait, E.T. is Steven Spielberg. Was that or was that one of the movies George Steve Lucas Steve did? Steve. Other than some. Okay. Uh, I'm not too sure. Okay. Uh, E.T. Fucking hell, nineteen eighty-two. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Spielberg. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, then it's one of the movies like the two of them work together in, kind of like um, what's the movie Indiana Indiana Jones? Both of them kind of worked together with that. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, uh, the music is beautiful and great, and will stand the test of time. Like. 
this like Star Wars is the only movie franchise where I have five of their songs on my playlist. List. Like the only other person who I have five songs from them is is Johnny Cash. Mm. And I love Johnny Cash. So yeah, um yeah. A- anything else before I do the finale? Nope, that's it. No, I was just looking at uh, John Williams. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. Jaws <laughs> 2, Superman. He goes yeah. right back to the 50s. Yeah, he... Basically, if there is an icon- if there is an iconic song from a movie that will stand the test of time, nine times out of ten, John Williams is involved. Mm-hmm. He's even done Home Alone. Home mm-hmm. Alone. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah, it really has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we've seen the Force Awakens, and and we've had the Last Jedi come and go. <clears throat> but how? But how about we stay for the Rise of Skywalker? Wonder what that means since Luke's dead. Ooh, uh, it. For Jamie, I'm doing the Scott Hall like finger thing. The ooh, now he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, because it's like oh, but yeah. he's dead, Ed, Ed. Yeah, so I'm. So yeah, uh, okay, uh, we're done. Uh, I'm going to go to bed because I'm super tired. Also, the recording's at two hours, so there's like a ninety nine percent chance it will automatically just. Yeah, this, I'm really, like I was end. really scared that we weren't going to make it to the end before it cut off. I was really scared we would get we would not make it. Yeah, yeah. We've done well today because I don't think we've had any interruptions. What? Oh, no, we haven't. This entire time we've been doing the Star Wars thing, we've not had any interruptions. You know what and now that you've said that, at tomorrow <laughs> when we do, <laughs> don't worry. I knocked words. I knocked words. That, that does not work. That does not work here, boy. On contraire, I've knocked with it a lot of times. Yeah, so but what and, tomorrow, Rise of Skywalker. Then? Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, right. yeah, is Rise of Skywalker, and after that, it is Rogue One. Perfect. I'm going to go and watch Rise of Skywalker now. Now. <laughs> Dude, you're not you're gonna be up until two o'clock in the morning if you do it now. Oh shit, it's done. It's too fast. Yeah. I'm actually feeling See, tired, so I might just leave it. I'm up early in the morning anyway. Um so I'll watch it tomorrow in the morning. Yeah, if I've got enough time after the rise of Skywalker, I'll watch Rogue One. But if no, I'll just watch Yeah, it well after. don't worry about it. If you're running behind and you still need to watch the movie, James and I can just wait and then you can text uh, um you can text on the chat of when you've actually finished the movie and then we'll just immediately start the call and review it. Yeah, Aye, it should be all right if we record because we normally finish recording about what five or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd say on average it takes about two hours to record. Yeah. I so I should even if I just watch Rise of Skywalker first, I'll see what the time's like. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not going to start watching it if we're recording at three. I'm not going to start watching it at quarter past no. two. Yeah. Um, so, I right, I'll check that. If not, I'll just watch Rogue One after the. Yeah. 
Maybe okay. that's a good thing then it's going to be fresh in my head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. But yeah, anyway, I, you know I'm what super tired. Then? What? Well, I'm, I'm actually so tempted um, to buy these in DVD. <gasps> yeah, Ooh. you should. Really? The DVD, yeah. It's a really good collection to have. I'm proud of having all nine on DVD. And I love it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sam, well, after I was watching that one, I, uh, when I was at Liverpool Comic Con, there was a guy selling DVDs there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Star Wars and that. I was like, yeah. damn, I wish I'd picked them up now. <laughs> Yeah, trust me. Don't don't worry, Jamie. There is a billion different ways you can get this. They like you can have them a million ways. It's like, oh, do you want the super collection that has all the movies, yeah. or do you just want the original trilogy, or do you just want I don't know the Luke Skywalker movies? I I think they genuinely sold one that was just. Um, Movies that had Luke Skywalker in it. So, yeah, don't worry. They re release Star Wars all the time. Because <laughs> um, for a short while, I was like, oh, I'm going to collect every different version of Star Wars there is, like all, with all the different cases. Uh, yeah, I got seven movies. I got seven different versions of A New Hope in, and I went, nah, I- I'm done. Sold six of them and kept one. Nice. But yeah, uh, anyway. They're really good. I'll, I'll have them for my collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to bed because I am super tired. Uh, see you in Mona. Yeah, I'm the same. Okay. I think we're all tired tonight. Uh, hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Universal Cinematic Universe. We're very thankful that you've enjoyed listening to us. However, if you'd like to watch me or Jamie or Ryan do our own separate things, we all have YouTube channels, Twitches, Instagrams, Twitters, that usual thing. We also have many other podcasts, including Patreons, where if you'd like for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the podcast. All of it will be down in the multi-link down below, but thank you very much.